comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Hey, Abe, you know, you know the story of Noah? Uh, well, when you, th- when you think Noah, what do you think? I don't know uh, anything about it. That's, that's a joke you made. Um, you know, animals, right? Ark, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. How many, uh, how many animals do you think he's got on there? I don't know, probably like 20. Probably 20? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a number. You know, Maybe five, like... five mammals, five reptiles, five birds, five fish. Is that why, do have, why do you have fish? Why do you have fish? Oh, right. <laughs> right. Does he have aquariums? Did he build, did he build a giant fish tank? You know, he's, he's got, he wants to include everybody. Everyone's loved. Everything is loved. Okay, whatever. I hope there's two of you. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. In, in, introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, guten tag, friends. Freunde. Uh, Freunde, German. German? Freunde, not friends, if you're going to go German. Oh, you're speaking German. (laughs) (laughs) Out Now is a film podcast. They have been discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films, similar to the main film of the week, games, And and other fun stuff. Nailed that one. This is episode 143, 143. Seven away from 150. That's correct. And this episode, we are talking about the new film from Darren Aronofsky starring Russell Crowe, Noah. I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, I think it's actually one syllable. It's no. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's like one of your friends. No. <laughs> um, and joining us to discuss Noah, we have... From the podcast Brad and Laramie on Movies and RoboSilicon.com, the author of Film Critic and the star of the upcoming documentary Whoop, D- Whoop Dreams, it's the incredibly controversial Laramie Legal. <laughs> Am I controversial? Incredibly. Yeah. Incredibly. Was, incredibly, yeah, apparently. I, I wasn't trying to be controversial. <laughs> I guess that's how it happens, though, right? Like one day you're just saying, I hate, you know, getting vaccinated, and the next year, controversial. And uh, we may or may not have another guest, but for now, we, we have Laramie. That's that's good enough, I think. That is I something. Yeah. something. He's the voice of the generation. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that I won't, that I won't uh, disregard. That's very true. <laughs> Glad to have Laramie here. And uh, how are you doing? I mean, I can't complain, but sometimes I still do. <laughs> I'm interested to see what y'all gents thought of Noah, because I think the... Uh, it's been all over the board with a C cinema score, but a largely positive Rotten Tomatoes, and then you got your talk shows talking about it who probably haven't seen it, which is perfect. Well, the discussions I've been having with various people <laughs> on the internet, or as I call them, people on the internet, it's been yeah, it's been <laughs> impressive. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's do a little little show notes, little announcements here and stuff. Let's see, yeah, Abe mentioned this, but we are closely closing in on our 150th episode, and um, I'm happy about that. That's a... I remember our 150th episode. 
like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember our 142nd episode like it was last week, but uh, <laughs> um, it's it's coming soon, the 150th episode, and I we got we got a, we got a special plan coming for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I know we have we have some good friends of the show coming on for that episode. But uh, yeah, just teasing that one out there now, teasing it up. I'm going to say tease again. Okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> Either I'm coming on or I'm not a good friend. The <laughs> was oh, now tough. you are. Hold on, let me update the guest list. <laughs> It's tough, tough affair, guys. And uh, well, yeah. So that's happening. That's happening soon. It's in several weeks. Um, what else? New commentary. I'll just tease that. I'm just gonna keep saying tease. I'll tease that as well. We record a new commentary episode uh, track for an, that makes sense given an upcoming movie. So that should be released probably next. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. That should be up next weekend. Uh, so there's that. And uh, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps other people find the show. And you can, you know. Give us a rating or review, and you know it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice, to, nice way to show a little love and uh, help us make us feel better, make Abe feel great. Yeah, before 150. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. We, what do we have? Seven episodes before the 150th episode. What if we if we got seven new iTunes reviews? That'd be amazing. Between now and then, I think that'd be. I think that's a doable goal. Not much to ask. Not much to ask. No. Probably have to add a lot of photos and gifs on our Facebook page for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Just like uh, a Facebook campaign. That'd be a good good way to do it. But I mean, that's it's not a, it's not a... when you're searching for your pod on iTunes. What do you put in there? I put out and I type the letter N and then it comes up. So I think we're doing a pretty good job if that's how quick yeah. it is. Yeah, that's pretty good. I just wanted to. I mean, I'll leave a review. So there you go. I, it's gonna be scathing, but <laughs> well, we'd appreciate that, Larry. We'd, we'd really like for Josh Volta to leave us a review as well. Be <laughs> okay. wickedly talented. Um, yeah. yeah, out now with, and that generally is like oh, right away. There it is, so easy. Yeah, all right, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know no, everybody. Right. Did that pretty good. Yeah. And um, I'll start this one off this week. Uh, Laramie, hello. You are up in the northern part of the of the United States. That's correct. Right next to the Pacific. <laughs> yeah, Pacific Northwest. It's where it's at. Have you ever have you ever been caught up in a giant rainstorm? No. I've been caught up in a giant sprinkle storm. Ooh. Yeah, they're pretty scary, let me tell you. I'm from Florida where it actually rains. Like, <laughs> oh. like we're real thunder and lightning and you have to seek shelter and can't see one foot ahead of you. So this Seattle it basically just trinkles all year long that's all it does so it's very very easy to get through although people here would have you believe it's they can, they just stop driving they just give up they you know hit the brakes no, no more yeah that's <laughs> it that's too much too much for me to do now i think we've had hail out here and that was not so rough anyway that's enough weather out of me i think probably for the entertaining audience so i'm gonna go abraham yeah the lovely lovely old testament name i think right there yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm the we're, father of many. We, we started this podcast leading up to this movie. We're theming. I want to know your favorite, and this could be a teaser for later in the episode, your favorite Darren Aronofsky film. And I assume you've seen them all because there's only five or something. I haven't. <laughs> I actually haven't seen them all. Well, you um, need to go right now and see them. I, I definitely do. See Pyre. Uh, I literally stopped watching Requiem for a Dream because I felt so sad for the characters. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I was I was at the point where I was like, I just his mom is making me really sad and and then you got Jennifer Connolly doing some stuff with her body and it's just like, oh it seems man. like you're at the end. Like it seems like you stopped as the credits started. Oh, oh maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Meanwhile, yeah. Twelve Years of Slaves like your number one movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's 
So you've got, yeah, Requiem, you haven't seen Pi, you got The Fountain. Saw, yeah, and then I saw the, you got the Wrestler. Wrestler. Yeah, and you got, uh, Black Swiss. Black Swan. Yeah. Um, and then Noah. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually haven't seen The Fountain. Aaron and I talked about that earlier this week. I'm gonna oh. have to go with The Wrestler by default, probably just because that's the most recent one that I saw. That's alright. Uh, so, The Wrestler, because Mickey Rourke and his hair waving and doing push-ups and then living in a trailer and, and then, uh, yeah. It's I mean, aspirational is what it is. It is, and it kind of proves that you shouldn't do drugs so that you don't forget about playdates with your daughter. That's the movie that proves it? Been there. Yeah, definitely it does. <laughs> Alright, Aaron. Yeah. You have to build an enormous object. Could be an arc, could be a spaceship, I don't know. But you only have to bring one of each creature so it's obviously less size. What kind of object do you build? <laughs> I only have to bring one of each creature. Yeah. I have it's no idea. Because they're they're asexual and whatever. I don't know. You, there's so little context surrounding this question. Um, it's the Jurassic Park. They'll find a way. There you go. <laughs> uh, so what am I building? It's more. To... It's more about what object would you build? What object do I build to contain? Yeah something so you know i can split the cubits in half i guess because it's only one of every animal so i can just use a, a solid 150 you know one of those uh <laughs> i it can be I, amazing. i'd build probably a replica of jabba the job of the hut sail barge <laughs> return of the jedi i think that's a it's a nice design seems like it's a nice happening place all the animals and whatnot on that ship seem it's to like be a sun deck time. on it too yeah exactly yeah exactly like why not like you know, go in style, as I, as I usually say. I like that. That actually makes perfect sense, too. I, that's, yeah. Hey, yeah. short hair and a beard or long flowing locks to go with said beard? Uh, I actually dig the short hair with the beard. It makes you look like a super badass. It's a sweet look for Crow. I thought yeah, for Crow, yeah. Cool. For anybody else, I don't know. I mean, you might not be able to pull that off. Laramie, could you pull that off? I mean, I didn't. You might have seen the Whoop Dreams where I pulled off the long hair. I can't grow a beard, so that's an issue. That is, yeah, help. me too. Help. I mean, I, I can't really grow a beard. I think this, this entire panel can't grow a beard. The I, only, I mean, my only beef with long hair is you get up in the morning and it's just a disaster. It's like a bird nest, you know? So that's why I've tended to keep it short. <laughs> it's just probably true. <laughs> I shaved my head like completely two days ago, so I'm like just sitting here bare. <laughs> Laramie. Sir. You're writing a comedy of Noah and his arc. <laughs> that would be good, actually. There is... My, not not a not Evan wait. Almighty. It's already been done. Put a bump. <laughs> not Evan Almighty. Uh, uh, you're writing a comedy of the Ark. Mm-hmm. Two animals that you have to leave off with a funny reason. Mm. Could, be, could be made up. Yeah, I'm ready for this. Kangaroo because of the uh, low ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry one. guys, we don't have room for you. Yeah, you we don't. only have, we have eight foot ceilings, and you're just hitting your head all the time. It's not gonna work. <laughs> And then I would probably leave out the second one's hard. That's where they get you. I mean, I'm not a huge snake fan in general. I thought they were pretty well behaved in Noah. So I'm going to give them a pass. But what about, I think, the hippo for the same space requirements? Yeah. Uh, you know, they're just really wide. And they're just really wild. There's a. Uh... I talked about yeah. this with Abe on the uh, the old Africa recap. Oh, hey, oh, hippos, yeah. hippos are the are the biggest killer of man in, in Africa. Like no one realizes either. They get off like oh hungry hungry hippos. That game was a propaganda front. 
because there's there's like yeah it is and there's like smiles always on their faces so it always looks like oh that can't do it and then you know then you're dead I, by I'm just gonna go up and pet this guy nope and then you're dead by a hippo and then whose face is red yours is with blood uh, <laughs> I I have a logistical question then for Aaron yeah you pack the ark with aminals you get to your new Hawaiian vacation location. In what manner do you let the animals off? What order? Who's going first? Who's going last? Um, hmm. Let's see. This feels like the same question as the river with the fox and the chicken and the feed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just extrapolated to something much larger. Scorpion and the frog. Yeah. Oh. Why'd you sting me? You know. <laughs> um, is that drive, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think, where, where did that parable come in play? How do I release these animals? I probably let like the big ones go first, and then like let the little ones walk out after, and like whatever one the like the big ones then you know they go after whatever, and the ones that make it are like, well, you guys made the cut, so you're See, in. I would have gone by letting the fast ones out first, because they're gonna they're gonna run away. Well, no, I, I like the idea of having this kind of like, yeah, you made the trip so far. Here's like the final test, and so you have to get past these giant bully animals that are in front of you. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go that route. You really gotta earn your keep. You've just you've just uh, made a gladiator movie out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. It stars Russell Crowe. <laughs> I got it. Now my head's at. All right. I think we've uh, sufficiently got the tone this, of this podcast down. That's how you play. No, everybody. Let's, we're getting great at this. We're really yeah, crushing they were really, we're really <laughs> in the stride there. Leading up to our 150th episode spectacular. Uh, <laughs> our our instinct voices from across the across the state are really coming into play. Yeah. Let's do a little at now quickies. Yeah. This is the part where we discuss other movies on the show because we always have one main movie, but there's other movies we also might have seen during the week, so we have a second to call it out. Okay. Yeah. All of that. All right. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I watched Bad Words. Oh, yeah? And that was an interesting film. It was funny, and some parts were really disturbing just because if you take it out of, uh, if you take it with literal context, it's it's just like a 40 year old man hanging out with a 10 year old who he just met doing really ridiculous things. But it, it's got an interesting storyline too, which you can kind of see coming a mile away. But yeah, I, I I'd say a DVD, Netflix it, and then I wanted to watch the raid too, but it actually doesn't open up here in the Bay on March 28th, so I was very upset. That opens the 11th. The 11th, I know, and I yeah. Which actually fits for us because then well, we don't have anything to do on that weekend. I think. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Bad Words, Laramie? No, I need to. The Bateman. Yeah, yeah. Wait, okay. Laramie, have you, what other things have you seen this week? I skipped Sabotage, so the only thing I can think that I've been watching movie-wise is I've been kind of watching Gatsby recently a lot because it's playing in like heavy rotation on HBO. I actually yeah, have too, yeah. Gatsby. Yeah, I still really enjoy it. I mean, I usually turn it off when it pivots towards the really sad parts, but I love the uh, opening, the imagination of the opening scenes and, and the world of Baz. So. Yeah, actually, I've been tuning into it's Gatsby, and then like Cloud Atlas keeps popping up like every now and then on HBO, and I'll just like watch like bits and pieces of those two movies. Like, oh, you know, the other one, Apollo 13's been playing a lot lately. <laughs> really? So I watched, yeah, I watched all of Apollo 13 a couple days ago, and oh, yeah. just loved it. Yeah, yeah really I love Apollo. Apollo like, I love yeah. Apollo 13. Yeah, that's one I've seen like the most. One of the ones I've like, if I had a top ten list of movies, I've seen the most in theaters. Like Apollo 13, like I saw the movie a ton when it came out. Yeah. It's an enjoyable, still little enjoyable film. Good pacing. Yeah. What about you? What have you been watching? I have been, I watched a few things this week. Um, I'll get to sabotage, but because I, I have more to say about that. But under the skin, 
This is the film with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, this is the one they said where your man's an heir apparent to Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, the director, uh, Jonathan Glazer, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, got it. Jonathan Glazer, who did uh, Sexy Beast, which is, I love that movie. That's a really fun, fun, but it's really dark comic crime drama with uh, Ben Kingsley just being amazingly horrible human being. Uh, But then he did this movie called Birth, which isn't as good. This movie is bonkers. Like, it's, um, basically, a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson, has been calling it Art House Species, which is pretty much the best way to describe it, because it's, Scarlett Johansson plays an alien that looks like Scarlett Johansson, so obviously she's hideous, and, uh, but she still somehow allures men to, like, her homestead, and, um, consumes them in some way, in some some manner. Just repeats for, like, the extent of the movie. Oh, so it's like Edge of Tomorrow, except the, with aliens. Yeah, yeah lived, I repeat. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the filmmaking and the score and the sound design that just really could either get on your nerves or, like, draw you in, because it has this kind of, it's weird to say, but, like, avant-garde quality to it that makes it much more unique than the average alien succubus type thing. And um, I, it's weird because I've really thought about it too much. I haven't written anything on it yet, but like, I guess I liked it to an extent. I think Scott Johansson's really good in it, given what she's doing in it. But it's, it's definitely a weirder one to uh, try and check out. That opens in a limited release, I think in a few weeks. And then, uh, yeah, I did see Sabotage, the latest from both Arnold Schwarzenegger and writer-director David Ayer, responsible for every corrupt cop movie of the past ten years, and End of Watch. Um, Adapted from the Beastie Boys song, right? Exactly, yeah. Spike Jones has a cameo. It's great. Mm. Um, But this movie is horrible. um, (laughs) That is shocking. It's a little. It's a, it's a bit of a shame because Abe and I, we uh, we had fun with The Last Stand. I had a lot of fun with Escape Plan, and I'm like more than willing to support uh, Schwarzenegger if he wants to, you know, be in movies. But that said, this is just horrendous. It, it's the the idea is that it's like an Agatha Christie whodunit type murder mystery buried within this <laughs> gritty, yeah, buried within this like gritty crime drama involving. What's- Wait, wait. Hilarious here is uh, Sabotage got a B Cinema score and Noah Noah got a C. Now, as much as I'm about to ding Noah, there's no way you'd see Sabotage before Noah. I mean, come on, like, and there's no way you should support a movie like Sabotage before a movie like Noah, right? We can all agree on that. Yeah, uh, it's just it's not it's not a good thing. It is it's it's really long too. <laughs> I kept thinking, oh, like, wow. how long is this going? Oh my god. Question for you. Yeah. They say that Arnold looks pretty buff in this one. Did he did he work out a lot? And looks in pretty good shape. Well, the 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 reply to that question is: When was the last time Arnold looked like fat and not in shape? Have you ever seen good that call. picture? Because yeah, I, I, I I can't think of but that. I'm just picture. saying, like you know, like pretty. If, if he does that, that's Oscar. If he doesn't, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Uh, it's coming I, up in the next Terminator. But yeah, no, I mean he looks like Arnold to me. Like he's like he didn't he didn't you know come in like not working out. Like he looks fine, just old. <laughs> but uh yeah don't see sabotage that's the moral of that one okay let's move on let's get to uh let's get some trailers real quick here trailer talk each week we go over some of the newest movie trailers what we thought of them and we have two here where i think if you add them together you get a noah but um <laughs> first up we have hercules this is the new film starring dwayne the rock johnson directed by brett I couldn't think of, like, a subtitle for his name, so I'm just going to go say Brett Ratner. And um, I was going to say Brett the Man Ragnar, but it's like, that doesn't add up at all. Um, this is 
the second film based on the Legend of Hercules because you, it's too big of a legend to have just one movie. And here's a fun note <laughs> because I forgot about this. When I saw Sabotage, they played the trailer for the January Hercules. No joke. They played, oh, wow. they, they played the Kellen Letts Hercules trailer before where <laughs> Sabotage started. I could not understand what was happening in the theater. I had to check my ticket to make sure I was in the right place. It's like, you actually time-traveled. Yeah, right? Ridiculous. Anyway, the Laramie, did you watch this trailer for Hercules? I did, and I thought it was uh, pretty stupid. I don't know why The Rock is so mean to animals, first off. <laughs> I can't imagine those animals like have intent to you know, be mean. He should just like knock them out or something. He's killing all kinds of large animals. That was annoying. And the setup looked Wrath of Titans. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting a, a flood, see what I did there, of these types of films lately where based in antiquity writes free stories where they just hope to throw an action star at it and call it good. It's I really wish he'd go back to the rundown, you know, stuff like that. Or even even the Michael Bay film with him was not good, but it was something worthy attempt, you know. Whereas this just looks exactly like Conan of last couple years with Jason Momoa. I mean, this just looks stupid. Like, I don't know why we're doing this. It, I basically feel the same way as Laramie. I didn't really wholly like the trailer as well, and I thought that the CG actually looked pretty um, pretty C- poor. CG. Uh, yeah, uh, but again, it's it's kind of a a strange thing to have, or at least in some respects, it's a strange thing to have uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson start off or continue doing these types of strange uh, what you would think would be his forte, his his uh, Scorpion King type films when he's done better things uh, along the way and he's really progressed through. And it's not saying that it's a setback in his career; it's just more of uh, it just feels very one unidimensional in terms of character. So I, I guess it's a, just a, a way for him to get more fans in that demographic, but also it doesn't look that appealing to me. It seems like Wayne, the D silent, the rock Johnson is um, <laughs> trying to hit it. Like one of those like spoof trailers where you like assume that like, of course the rock is Hercules. That makes sense. That's like a funny, like Ben Stiller directed movie trailer. Like, but no, it's like, this is a real thing apparently. <laughs> and it's happening. Um, I was I was smiling during this trailer just because I'm like, wow, that's a beard that he's wearing in that one, and now he's got a lion's head. Hooray for him. But um, I can't say like I'm excited in like a, hey, I can't wait to see this rock movie way, but at the same time, it looks so like goofy that I, I if I know if I'm inevitably if 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 I'm inevitably going to see it, then I hope it's like really goofy, stupid fun, or just anything that's not like a super serious Brett Ratner directed Hercules movie. So. In 3D, apparently. Um, but yeah, we'll find out uh, this August, I believe. Or no, July. July 25th, Hercules. It's the uh, theaters. I, Laramie over under on how many times uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson says, I am Hercules? Probably three, right? And three, yeah, right? Rule of three. <laughs> I, I, I prefer the clumps version of Hercules. I like to see that. Uh, I can't wait for those GIF posters to happen, like motion posters with just her clapping. Yeah, that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up, we have Into the Storm. Uh, This is a movie about a big storm. That's all I got. Abe, thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, basically a live-action avatar where he comes back and tries to get Emperor Zuko, um, (laughs) you know, because he's making tornadoes with fire and stuff like that. 
But there's no there's no Avatar here. No, it's an interesting trailer because of what happens in it. It's I only saw the teaser trailer. I don't know. Maybe there's a full length one. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Um, yeah, you know, text, text, text. All of a sudden, giant tornado pulling you away and sucking you out of your car and making airplanes go woo. So, kind of interesting. Mildly interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Laramie. Yeah, I kind of give them credit for not. I mean, it's a teaser trailer, but just for showing the storm and like cutting the black a lot. Um, it looks like a largely effects-based movie, and storm movies get a little old. I mean, like Twister is our best example, I guess. And it was it was well done as it could be, I guess. But yeah, overall, Into the Storm it wasn't like man, I got to see that. But it wasn't like they've embarrassed themselves either. It just was somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I, I basically chose this because I saw it like getting like it suddenly started trending on like Wednesdays. So I was like, "What is this movie?" And I watched the trailer. I was like, "Oh, all right, that's a that's a thing." And apparently, it has a everyone's favorite dwarf, foreign Richard Armitage, is <laughs> starring in this movie, where I assume he's trying to like fight the storm with his bare fists or something. Uh, but we'll see. And uh, the other thing that caught my attention, it's from the director of the fifth Final Destination movie. And some may scoff at this, but I think that movie is a lot of fun for whatever Final Destination movies have to offer. So I agree with you. It, it will do what it does. But like, I, from what it looks like, I mean, if I'm going to go into a movie about a big CG storm, at least it looks like a really convincing big storm. So and we'll see. But it, uh, it had my attention. So that's credit enough, I guess. Into the Storm opens August 8th this summer. So, uh, again, we'll see. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to the big, the main event, because we've added up those two trailers, and now we get the next thing, which is our main film review for Noah. Our family has a great task. You saw the wickedness of man. I knew you would not look away. They have to save the innocent. Did you really think you could protect yourself from me? It's not protection from you. This ray is meant to wash us off the face of this world. You want me to stay a child? No! I'm asking you to be a man. We kill Noah! We take the ark! The choice was put in your hands for a reason. My time is done. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Noah. This brings writer-director Darren Aronofsky into the world of huge-budget studio filmmaking. This is the epic story of the character of Noah and his efforts to follow his creator's command and construct a giant ark to contain all the animals of Earth while leaving all of mankind to drown once the big flood comes to cleanse the planet. Russell Crowe stars as Noah, playing him as a man who takes his mission to heart. The depiction of the story has been deemed controversial by some due to how it diverts from the biblical version of this tale. Laramie, are you an Aronofsky fan, and how did you approach this telling of the story? I'm a huge Aronofsky fan, yeah. Um, and I guess I approached it as somewhere in the middle of the religious-non-religious divide. I mean, I saw a film... Oh, God, I'm going to forget it now. It was um, about Mary, I thought, a couple years ago. It was pretty good, and no one saw it, and I gave that a pretty good grade. So I don't think it's, a, for me, a disqualifier. That said, they don't... They don't screen a lot of truly religious films like, um, you know, God is not dead and that kind of stuff that you don't often have a way to get to them unless you want to go to the theater and pay some cash. Uh, so I didn't really see any trailers for Noah. 
I love Aronofsky in general as a filmmaker. So I think I went in with decent expectations, but the fact that they're sort of hiding it for everyone had me worried as well. So I guess that would set my uh, my table there as for what I thought. I thought the first hour was as good as anything he's ever done uh, because he made the story really accessible to any person who likes movies. Like, uh, whether you're religious or not, I felt like Noah was a compelling character and he had a compelling choice ahead of him. And there was a lot of tension in that choice. And he was also kind of, uh, I would say, tilting towards this majesty of the creator character in that he was helping out in huge ways. And so that, again, made Noah more important because God was saying, yeah, man, we're going to get this done. You know, and like these people are evil and you're a vegetarian. This is great. Uh, so first hour, really, really good for me. And then it just sort of gets really, really bad. And it gets really bad because I won't spoil it, but it gets really melodramatic. The choices get much easier. And Noah as a character becomes much less... Um, not accessible, but likable. I mean, Noah basically becomes a dick, as yeah. does God in the film. It's just totally apathetic, both of them. And because of that, the choice they set up at the end is such a false dichotomy that there's no chance he's going to go one way on it. And you just kind of check out and you think, like, this is Telenova now. Like, this is no longer a majestic mystical story. This is the story I've seen 100,000 times in every bad TV movie. So for me, the last hour really defeated the purpose of the film and defeated the greatness of the film. I'd give the first hour an A, and I'd give the last hour, you know, a D. So that's me. Abe? Yeah, I'm kind of mixed on this one too. I basically agree with Larry about the the dichotomy of the film in terms of um, what was being presented early on, and then what happens to the characters in the second half and in the third act, whatever else. Um, but I did enjoy the way that the the Aronofsky sort of set up the world and. I'm not really as familiar with the story of Noah, but I know enough to know that this probably took some quote-unquote liberties. You sure, Dave? I mean, everyone on the internet seems to know exactly what happened. Everybody, oh my <laughs> god, I, I have to believe the internet. And they told me that they told me that Newman died. Um, <laughs> I heard from, uh, I was talking with Vince about this film from Film Drunk, and I was like, so whatever happened to Ham? You know, what's Ham's deal? Yeah. And he said, he sent me the actual biblical thing of him, and I'm like, whoa, that got, oh. that got very serious very quickly. So anyway. I didn't aside. realize. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look up the ham story. You'll, you'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I like the way that Aronofsky directed the uh, the film, and he's he pretty competent in terms of using enough CG and using enough, uh, I guess, just non-CG. I'm trying to... Practical or practice. Practical effects, yes, thanks. Um, and I like the the story as it started out. I thought that it was very strong. I thought that you Noah's know, conviction, the way that he was going about it, um, the way that you know there's a fountain that just f- pops up from the seed that he gets from Anthony Hopkins, and the way that these Watchers are helping him out. I also like the story of the Watchers and how they were uh, essentially trying to help out Adam and Eve, and they turned into these dudes uh, on planet Earth here. Um, and man is man is terrible. Uh, that's what I've come to learn from this film. And then the second act gets really strange because I agree with Laramie. It's just there's it's more of an extended third act, I would say. Oh, yeah, uh, I'd say that. Yeah, I guess so. Um, because I think that some of the characters become a little bit weaker. And I guess I'm more so like talking about his sons, not in terms of physical diminishment, but in terms of the way that their story arcs go out and the way that their characters are being portrayed. 
Um, and then Noah is, he got a decision to make, and that decision just seems so far-fetched that you would think that's probably not going to happen. So it kind of was interesting to me. The length of the film didn't really matter because I was pretty engrossed in it, and I liked the way that Aronofsky did his ultra-speed cam through the evolution of history. Evolution. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a mixed movie. His use of silhouette is amazing too. I like that scene a lot, especially yeah. during like uh, during uh, dawn. Yeah, I um, I really like this movie. I uh, I walked away thinking, wow, that was. If I'm gonna watch a Darren Aronofsky directed film about Noah that's made on a huge budget, I feel like I got kind of what I came in to see. I can agree that I there. Are, issues in the kind of the later act of the film just because of how many kind of different complications have arisen all at the same time and need to sort themselves out within that same amount of you know span of minutes but i i i i agree that i i mean the first hour or so is like really strong just because i loved seeing what the depiction of an arc being built um, looked like like I I'm try- I guess I'm trying I don't I don't know why I'm trying to like avoid talking about the watchers but I love that I love that design I love that idea and I love the kind of world that Darren Aronofsky sets up here where it's this kind of apocalyptic wasteland and this movie is a disaster movie that's like the way I really thought of it because it's and I I guess the watchers were the reason the film was hid from critics at first because they didn't know how people would take it but I thought one of the strongest elements of the film. Yeah, I mean, I think if you tell me that there are rock monsters building an arc, I think I'd go see that movie rather than just what Russell Crowe like bare hands it the whole time. Like, I don't know what the other way to <laughs> think of this movie is. And also, I don't know what the argument is of there are rock monsters. Why can't I watch Russell Crowe bare hand building an arc or something? Like, I don't, I don't, whatever. I don't, I don't feel like getting into the religious aspect of this. It just doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm watching a movie, but regardless, I I did like this movie. I think it a lot of it comes down to how strong I think Russell Crowe is in this movie. I think Russell Crowe is doing some of the best work he's done in a long time that I've seen him in, and even in the kind of later act, I really. As much as, yeah, I, I see what you're saying about his kind of a choice that he's supposed to be making and uh, how it can only kind of lean one way. But at the same time, I think Russell Crowe's internal struggle with like what he's dealing with, I, I, I love that. And I love what um, Aaron, 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 Aaron Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky's films <laughs> tend to, um, they focus on lead characters that are kind of brought to the brink of madness and whether or not they go overboard or not. And I really like him applying that to the Noah character. I can agree that, yes, it's, it can be melodramatic given what's going on in, in here, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed kind of because of the, the dedication Crow seemed to have to the role and how it gave Jennifer Connelly something to do in the second half of the movie. And I think Emma Watson just is also just kind of lighting it up here, too, going toe-to-toe with Crow, rhyme intended. Uh, but it just – those things all worked for me. And I still got, a, like, an epic-looking Noah movie that still has – that also leans on the side of darkness as you're dealing with this man who's forced to essentially doom mankind to death and then while also, like, building this giant arc and watching the visual splendor of that come to light. It's just all these things really worked for me. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. The only problem I really had was Ray Winstone's character, and which is more of – how he plays out in this film rather than just the basic use of him. Because I like the kind of early part portions involving him, but then later on as he becomes more involved, I'm like, well, I don't think I needed this. Yeah, I mean, he certainly has a, a nice little monologue between he and the creator. I love that scene. I lo- yeah. Let me let me say something, too. I, um, sorry, but um, I, saw, I, 
I saw I saw this movie twice, and I saw the first time I saw it, there was a rather early cut where Ray Winstone's character basically he's never on the Ark. All of that is not in the the version that the original version that I saw, which makes it a much better movie. And I really wish that was the movie that came out. It makes it much cleaner in what it's trying to do. But yeah, that was really dumb. That part. It and is. I think it, I think it would have been a much better film without that. It's also tighter, even though I didn't yeah. have a. Issue. I would say Ham's motivations are pretty pretty ridiculous as well. Um, yeah, it doesn't help. It's like, I get it, dude. Put it in your pants for 10 minutes. <laughs> like, we all understand what you're looking for. Why don't you just settle down, okay? We're trying to save the world. Thanks. I was complaining to my friend about that, too. And, um, you know, they actually bring it up in the film where Jennifer Connelly's like, oh, you have three sons that love you. Like, dude, my oldest son, he's like, you want, I don't know what he wants, but my second son is like super covetous. My third son wants to please everybody. It's like, yeah, I didn't. I did identify with that internal struggle of Russell Crowe, and especially as it moves forward, um, his decision that he has to make. And if you if you bring it back to to faith, it's more of a question of I have to follow this, and yes, I will go through with it. But at the same time, maybe there's a different meaning, and that's exactly what Emma Watson says. It's like, you know, you were tested, and this is it, the outcome. It was and handled was, with the subtlety of Twilight, though. It was just like, oh, man, I got it. Like, he should have owned it. Like, I, I actually wrote uh, a pretty long essay on Laramie.com about this, uh, his choices, and just the passive versus active, you know, choices in leadership. He's very active in the first half of the film, and he's very passive in the second half, and it, it really hurts because he's – the way he wrestles with a decision is not – the way I would think you would wrestle with it, given God sent you rock monsters, you know, like I'm not sure the creator needs to do much more to inspire you or to, you know, provide you faith than what he's done. Like he's done a lot. So at that point you got to think, you know what, this is the way it is. Sorry. Sorry for your luck. It's not this hand wringing thing that was going on. Right. And that's exactly what I was going to say too, is it's not, or I was leading up to say something similar, which is it's pretty much spelled out for you in a way that you would, (laughs) probably not appreciate as a film watcher or someone who's intellectually going to the film and thinking, I'm going to try and figure out what the subtext is. Nope. It's just, no, man, don't worry about it, dude, because the creator said that I'm going to be here with you guys and you are going to be loved again. And it's just like, well, I guess that's one way to look at it. I could have probably, I I probably would have more appreciated me having to go out and think about it after the film. Um, but if you want hey, to put it in there, great. I, I have a question for Aaron. Yeah. Uh, a specific specific problem I had was that they present an idea that cripples the film, and the idea is that we're all basically flawed people because of our our need to protect our children. And then they just they say yep, and they move on. Like that's a <laughs> that's a huge idea, isn't it? That is not even really brought up ever again. Yeah, and that's I get these are these are kind of things that lead into why it's not a a perfect movie or it's not I mean because nothing ever is but it's not or it's not even a necessarily a great movie but I, it's still presenting these uh, and in a movie like this that's about Noah that is ideally supposed to uh, you know work for the masses and can't just be the Darren Aronofsky audience or can't be it all is it still not him like giving up on what he has as a vision for a film like it has to kind of work for a broad audience and i get and i obviously i can't i can't credit the film for for dumbing it down essentially or just bringing up something and not recognizing the kind of impact of said ideas but the one the one thing i'll give you is that it's a brave film and i also think i again would see 
a thousand of these before I saw Transformers 8. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, this is a film you want to be made, and you want a guy like this given money, regardless of the, you know, the end product. I agree, and I because I do think there is ambition here, and I think there's a lot of there, there's a lot of interesting visuals and ideas that are being presented. Not all of them are resolved clean, cleanly necessarily, but they, for the most part, they they work for me given what I'm what I thought I was going to see. Like, as I I didn't go into Noah thinking I was going to get like another Black Swan or another Requiem for a Dream, but I also didn't think I was going to get something, you know, the Passion, uh, not Passion of the Christ, but um, was it a Prince of Egypt or something that just plays mm. on a on a great? We were able to get the the Christian crowd in, and like they're all happy with it. Like I, I'm happy that I got this kind of mix that I did, given you know you put like you have you give Darren Aronofsky this amount of money, he's not going to have his say on everything that goes down in this movie, and so like I'm I'm happy with what was written, but at the same time. I do think that Russell Crowe sells a lot of this stuff. That's I I get what you're saying about the gripes with the character and his decisions, but at the same time, I I really think he invested himself into this role. Like it felt clear to me that it, he was just doing everything he could to make this Noah character work. I, I like this depiction of this person. I liked his his kind of his his method, the methods of his madness and whatnot. And I like the supporting cast as well for the most part. I, I think there's. Everyone seems, everyone seems to be working hard, guys. A lot of tears to be shed. That's where I'm at. <laughs> when I heard talk of miracles, I dismissed them. But then I saw the birds with my own eyes, and I had to come. There isn't anything for you here. No. This all belongs to me. This land, this forest, that stronghold of yours. Did you really think you could protect yourself from me in that? It's not protection from you. Then what is it? An ark. To hold the innocent when the Creator sends his deluge to wipe out the wicked from this world. Return to your cities of Cain! No, we have all been judged! I have men at my back, and you stand alone and defy me? I'm not alone. A lot of tears. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, you didn't expect it to go and being a, a complete character work and whatever else. I expected it not to be kind of an action movie, and it was fantastic action. Uh, I agree, actually. I mean, I th- as much as it's kind of conventional in a sense of, like, there's a big army. we got to stop this guy. I like the the backing behind it where you have Ray Winstone as basically he, Ray, Ray Winstone plays he plays the king of, like, man, basically. And the idea is that he's trying to get his people onto the Ark, and Noah's preventing them from that from happening. And there's something interesting about a guy who's, you know, a guy who's supposedly the villain trying to save man versus the guy who's the hero, in quotes, is, you know, basically letting man die. Like, that's, and that, there, there's a power struggle there that's different than the average kind of movie that I see. I you don't really, I mean, I, I get what the, you know, the obvious intention is that we're, you know, trying to get, we're trying to cleanse the world of man who's become evil. But at the same time, you're watching a guy who, and if, I guess, if Ray Winstone's character didn't get on the arc like he does, it seemed more, not necessarily, you know, selfish, like, I need to get on this arc, but I'm trying to get, you know, people on this arc so they don't die versus this guy who's bent on shutting everyone out so they can die and I can just have animals here. wicked. Yeah. <laughs> There's just there's stuff like that that works in this movie, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, the yeah. rock monsters work well, and the 
even the, let's, even let's like call the, them the watches, right? Let's, let's be call them the. I, I, yeah. sorry, I call them prehistoric transformers, but that's. I call them rock biters. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that worked that I liked, but it just kind of got goofy toward the end. I like Anthony Hopkins. He was having fun. <laughs> he was. I liked him. Any other thoughts on Noah? No. No. Oh, I think we we covered the, <laughs> covered the gambit. I see what you did there. <laughs> I get <laughs> no N O H no. Is that how the song goes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I met him it. in a flood one fine day. Um, all right. Uh, it does make me wonder, like, what the because I, I mean, the the average film goer doesn't necessarily know like the story or the the um Darren Aronofsky's like film films and like just thinking man i hope i get black swan out of this or man i hope i get the exact representation of the bible in this movie so like there's this kind of expectation that is weird to watch we're like man just got back from noah not like the bible at all zero stars (laughs) it it had a really it had a really big range it had like i think 36 percent a's and you know 15 percent b's but then there's like a pretty significant df contingent so that could have been the religious minded or i don't know yeah, and like it's it's hard to get into that argument when you're when you're just fundamentally trying to, thinking that there's a different movie you wanted to see. Like I can't like it's I didn't go in thinking I was gonna get the the biblical story of Noah. I thought I was gonna get an Aaron an Aronofsky. I mean, I'm in a different in sort of Laramie and for that matter too. We're all in a different status where we kind of know what we're getting into with this kind of movie. But at the same time, I, I'm judging it as basically a disaster film that happens to have some. Characters that you're sort of familiar characters with. Characters that outside. I'm sort of familiar with. But it's really, okay. I mean, the best way to describe it to me is kind of a apocalyptic disaster movie. Like, that's the world that I saw is this kind of desert wasteland where, like, Mad Max probably drove through a few times. <laughs> and then, like, it happens to be flooded because everyone's, you know, horrible, like in Mad Max. But, um, <laughs> it, it's like, that's the movie I went to see. I didn't really think, man, these rock monsters are here. That's not, that's not the Bible. Whatever. Like, I'm right. out. Like, I can't think of it in that way. Okay, well, with that said, let's get to our rating. Each week, we rate movies based on when you should go and see them. We have our scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. Laramie, on that scale, where would you put Noah? I would probably give it a C in theaters just because of the majesty of it, you know? So I still would say C in theaters. I don't think you need IMAX or anything. If you can see it in 3D, though, do, because they don't have a version of that. (laughs) Just to get it. (laughs) That'd be impressive. Abe? Somewhere between theater and dollar theater. Um, you know, I, th- I think that there is enough to see on the screen for theater, but uh, you don't have to really rush out and see it right away. Uh, yeah, I, I again, I liked it a lot. I'd, say, I'd give it a strong theater. I, uh, especially because this is... There's ambition there. I just don't see it every day. So I was, I was yeah. very happy to catch it on a big screen with the scent. Clint Mansell's score, quite strong. I like, enjoyed it. All right, let's move on. Let's um little movie callback. Call back, call back, call back. Before we mention a few films we might have thought of during or after said movie. Hey, do you think of any movies? Uh, Absolutely. A Beautiful Mind. Uh, the Never Ending Story. <laughs> the Never Ending Story? Yeah, it was yeah, a rock I, fighter. I, I agree. It had some Never yeah. Ending Story in it, yeah. Rock fighter and also, like, you know, bloody pools at a trail we would drown in. <laughs> and there were a few others. I, I can't recall off the top of my head, though. Probably because I took the page down. Anyway. This is going to sound much more damning than I mean it, but I thought it had some Wrath of the Titans in it. I thought it had some 300 prequel sequel. So, I mean, in terms of, like, what it was, again, the antiquity thing. Oh, the gray. 
The gray, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there's a, the whole entire speech at the end with Liam Neeson. Help me out. What about nonstop though? Um, I yeah, I saw, saw yeah, I saw some. I saw Black Swan in here. I saw a lot of disaster movies in here. Lord of the Rings, and then like Titanic, just like things that like, hey, <laughs> things are coming to a close, guys. That sucks. Um, yeah, movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Let's. Uh, I know Laramie's got to leave soon, so let's uh, let's get let's do a little uh, let's do a little game. Let's, oh, let's play a game early before he gets out of here. Yeah, yeah. And we'll move on to other things. So, yeah, I'm so. at T minus uh, seven minutes, so perfect. Yeah. That'd be the last song that I bring onto the arc. Yeah, exactly. I have a game. It is called Crow Quotes. Um, these, <laughs> yeah, these are quotes from movies starring Russell Crowe. I'm just gonna read one, and you guys can just guess which movie it is from. Are we calling him Buzzy in? Uh, there's only two of you guys. I think we're good. You can just you can you can both name one, and you know if it's right, then good for you. If it's not, then cool. you you lose forever. I don't know. Here we go. So here's Crow Quotes. Here we go. First one. The Night Owl case made you. Do you want to tear all that down? L.A. Confidential. Boy, I never would remember that. Good job. L.A. Confidential is the correct Probably answer. Probably just the Night Owl part. <laughs> as always, they get significantly harder as they go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's Although where Laramie's going to win. This one might not be too difficult. Here we go. Here's the next one. Do not forget me, 24601. Gladdy? No, oh, beautiful mind. Les Miserables. Oh, mother. <laughs> 24601. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. At my signal, unleash hell. Gladiator. That's, yeah. It's Gladiator. I'm going to give that to, to Laramie there. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I yeah. think I'm above your pity, but I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> no. Okay. Here's the next one. Relax, friend. Now if we get separated, I'll know where to meet up. I still uh, want to say Gladiator? No. Hmm. I don't know. Relax, friend. Now if we get separated... I'll know where to meet up. I mean, you got me. I'm stumped. It is 310 to Yuma. Ah. Oh, to Yuma. Boy, that's a really small movie. I enjoyed it, though. I love 310 to Yuma. Yeah. I really like that movie. Here it's we go. you like bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. So what you're saying is it wasn't enough to fire me for no good reason. Now you have to question my integrity. Is that the uh, insider? It is the insider. Ah. Boom. I was How'd like, well, when he's wearing glasses, it has blonde hair. Yeah, I thought yeah, that, that would be the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. There's a click before the strike. Listen to the clock. I don't know. I'll say he plays a reverend in this movie. Uh, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is the quick Pat. and the dead. Uh, I don't even think I saw that. The quick I and the dead. Sam Raimi Western. Here's the next one. I'd be dead. Yeah. One must always choose the lesser of two weevils. Oh, that's uh, the sailing one. The uh, Master and Commander. Master, Master and Commander is the correct answer. <laughs> that's a great the sailing film. one. I was like, that is a great what? film. That is that is a film that I constantly say is one of the best films of the 2000s. I love that movie. Yeah, it's really really well done. Here we go. Rise and rise again until lambs become lions. Hmm. Very gladiator. I mean, but Very yeah. gladiator-y. Robin Hood. Robin Hood is the correct answer. <laughs> uh, nice, nice thanks, for the, thanks for the clues. That was the clue right there. <laughs> this class will be a waste of your and what is infinitely worse, my time. Mm. Uh, we need a hint. Yeah, um, it's been... One of you have been, has mentioned it already. 
Actually, both of you have mentioned it at some point. <laughs> Interesting. In this game. Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind is the correct ah. answer. Here's the last one. All right. This is yeah. it. This is it. This is spectacularly supposed to be a bonus one, but uh, this is just fun. Because I don't, I'm very curious if either of you will get it. Just because I'm carrying around the joy of killing your family inside me doesn't mean we can't be friends. American wow. Gangster? Would no. Russell, do you think Russell Crowe ever killed somebody's family in American Gangster? Ah, it's like some kind of line that he would throw out there to scare somebody. <laughs> it's a pretty badass line. <laughs> yeah. Just because I'm carrying around the joy of killing your family inside me doesn't mean we can't be friends. American Gangster is very close just because of the people it stars. Hmm. Is it The Broken City or whatever? Oh, God, no. <laughs> that is a movie. He was in one like that, though. He was. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's a movie he was in. That's, that's not a good yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, the answer is Virtuosity with him and Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. It's the oh, first time they were together. Yeah. Uh, Laramie won that go. game. Congratulations. Yay. This might be the first Thank game you. Laramie won on this podcast. It's the achievement of a lifetime. There you go. So. <laughs> Over-under on games Laramie wins in the future. Two. There Five. you go. <laughs> Thank you. Abe's got my back, at least. Yeah. Uh, Abe, all right, gentlemen. It's good been games. a good time. For sure. Yeah. Where can uh, people find more of your work? Uh, Laramie.com, L-A-R-E-M-Y. Uh, Brad and Laramie on movies on iTunes. If you just type in Laramie, you'll find that pretty easily as well. I'm the only Laramie rocking a podcast that I'm aware of. I do a weekly streaming for Netflix on FilmDrunk.com, and I also do a, a weekly box office projections on RopeOfSilicon.com. Great. And, cool uh, yeah. beans. Thank Thanks, you, gentlemen. Sir. I'll Thanks see you again. in 150, maybe. For sure. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Have <laughs> see fun ya. out there. Cool. Bye. All right. Always fun to have Larry on the show. It is always fun to have Larry on the show. And uh yeah, let's uh let's move let's carry things on here. Carry on. Let's uh let's do a little audible plug here. Um, sure. Yeah, this is this today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash podcast. There are over a hundred thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other kind of MP3 device. For you, the listeners about now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download of a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And I have a book to recommend. It is called The Search for Noah's Ark by Steve Vogris. Archaeologist and historian Dr. Ian James receives a fervent call from an old friend. His presence is requested immediately in Egypt to help verify evidence of an ancient, even sacred artifact. A far cry from his typical work as a professor, he suddenly finds himself plunged into a battle of worldviews. At war to define how we view history. What if archaeologists found something that could change the world forever? Is this fiction? I think it is. Although okay. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't, uh, I was waiting more... for the uh, yeah, I was waiting for the fantastical part to show up in your in your statement. And I was like, it sounds all very plausible. <laughs> I honestly got to that point in the paragraph, and I'm like, I'm gonna just copy this part because I'm already intrigued without actually knowing what else happens. <laughs> but you can find that book, the search for Noah's Ark, and find out what the hell it's about, or any other book at audibletrial.com. Just on a podcast, you can download that book. You can. Have it. You can check out their service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of the service, but you can keep the book. It's great. Yeah. It's it's almost like an Amazon Prime free subscription. It is almost like that. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, that's audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. And now let's do a little, uh, let's get some feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Yeah, that. That was, that was amazing. That, that's what you said. Uh, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's do a little feedback here. Each week we go over the various Facebook results that we received on our Facebook page, Out Now Podcast at no, Facebook.com slash Out Now Podcast. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we will uh, read what our listeners had to say. Yeah, we asked them. There are a lot of biblical stories out there, some of which I'm familiar with, and I'm sure that Aaron's probably more familiar with. 
Uh, which one Why would, would I, I be see? more familiar with? I don't know. You know, your 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 faith. Uh, which I mean, one I'm, you... a, I'm a Jew, and I'm not like reading the Torah all the time. Like I I know my share. You're of not. <laughs> I put it down before I started this podcast. Ah, okay, all right, yeah. I mean, nobody likes a funny man, Rabbi Krastovsky. <laughs> which one? Which one? Which one of these biblical stories would you like to see turned into a film? Daniel writes, "I've always thought of a movie from Judas's point of view would be neat." Like a reverse uh, look at how J- uh, Jesus' crucifixion uh, from his ultimate betrayer would be shown. And try- to try and show the conflict within Judas. Philip writes, Job's story, pain and suffering is so much a part of life. One man's experience, his honest reaction to it, and the ultimate acceptance of it would make an interesting film, if done well. Uh, Mike writes, The War of the Angels and the Creation of Hell. That actually sounds amazing. Um, Scott writes, Lots, uh, or Scott writes, Lot and his daughters... But it would be rated triple X. No way around that. And Christopher writes, My biblical knowledge is very limited. I would think it would be Jonah disobeyed God and spent three days in the belly of a beast. That sounds like a cool story. I don't know the details, though. Uh, which animal would you have scratched off the list when uh, when loading the ark? Ruben says, do spiders count? If not, bats. Uh, and of course they count. All the, all the slithers, all the crawls, you know, everything. Uh, Scott says, humans... Danny says, look up Archer's amazing rant on alligators from this past week episode of Archer, and you will say alligators for sure. That's, that's a good point. Uh, Jason says, T-Rex. Man, we really should have crossed those off the list, you're right. Linda yeah. says, do cockroaches count? And Mike Jones says, snakes. And then we asked, favorite movie boats? Danny writes, sailboat from about from What About Bob? I'm sailing. Uh, <laughs> Matthew writes, do helicarriers count? Probably. Uh, Philip writes the USS Alabama from Crimson Tide. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about nuclear holocaust. Um, All right, okay. <laughs> Bob writes escape plan. Spoiler alert! I guarantee Say, I'm going to get those new codes. <laughs> that was a great uh, film with what's his face, uh, Aragorn himself. Super back in the other day. Vigo. Vigo. All yeah, right, sorry. Okay. No, yeah, Crimson Bob, Tide's a fantastic movie. Yeah, I. I, I that was like 1995, I want to say? Yeah, 95, yeah. Yeah, that was a great year. Saying nothing about the film's quality. Cool boat. Uh, that's more from Bob. Linda writes, The Boat That Rocked, also released uh, as Pirate Radio. That's a good, uh, good answer. Yeah. Uh, Mike writes, The Black Pearl. Which Another is, good answer. Yeah, from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Haunted Mansion, yeah. <laughs> Scott writes, African Queen. Jason writes, Battleship. I'm not really sure which one. The aliens or the U.S. carriers? It's apparently one of his favorite movie boats, though. There's a movie out there with a favorite boat. It's Battleship. For Battleship. Uh, and Brian writes, what's the one from Speed 2? A bad answer. That's the answer to yeah. that question. <laughs> uh, best movies to feature lots and lots of rain. Uh, Brandon says Blade Runner and Seven. Uh, and he also adds Return of the Living Dead as a non-obvious answer. Maxwell says Magnolia. Marcus says Purple Rain. Oh, wait. <laughs> Brian says Singing in the Rain. Philip has favorite but not best, Pacific Rim. Clint says, hard rain, bitches. And I like hard rain quite a bit. Uh, Dennis says, Forrest Gump. Scott says, I'm going to throw a rather obscure movie that I love out there because William Friedkin's Sorcerer, a loose remake of Wages of Fear, is great. Uh, the crossing of the rope bridge in the nitro-filled truck is a nail bite, is nail-biting, especially in the pouring rain. The movie was overlooked because it came out the same week as Star Wars, but a real hidden gem. I agree, and that movie is actually coming out on uh, uh, Anniversary Blu-ray this year, which I am excited for, because that is a good movie. Um, Shelley then says, step up to the streets. 
which is the entire climax is set in the rain on the streets, of course. April <laughs> says seven. Mike Jones says aliens. Christopher says hard rain because it's one of the few times he enjoyed Christian Slater. Again, I agree. Hard rain. It's a solid movie. Commentary in the making, I'd say, for hard rain. Uh, Jason then says 300 pirates. Are there rain in three? I guess there's some rain in 300. Yeah, there is. Okay. Probably. Uh, there's probably more rain in Sin City. Um, other Frank Miller work. Uh, pirates of the Caribbean at World's End and Evan Almighty, because apparently that's a movie that needed to be mentioned twice on this show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, there's that. Uh, thanks, everyone, for the various answers we received. Always happy to get feedback. Absolutely. Uh, we got to get more questions in, though. We got to have people, people ask us some Send more, us questions. Questions. So more questions. We're running out of questions on the old docket here. Um, with that said, hey, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. What's your favorite Russell Crowe movie? I'd have to go right off the bat with uh, L.A. Confidential. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah, that's a good way. To, yeah. And the way that he plays his character of, uh, you know, he's like deep and brooding and kind of like the, the muscle man. And then he helps crack the case to some degree, too. So um, he becomes more of a character that you would think uh, is not going to be the main character. And there's a there's a great line where he's where he's like I I gotta I, I'm not smart enough and he like realize like when he becomes self aware of the fact that he needs like help I I love that I love yeah. that. among the many other things I love about Ellie Confidential which is like a top <laughs> top twenty movie for me I love Ellie Confidential. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films and I remember I saw it I saw it late I didn't see it when it came out in like '97 I saw it like in college or something and. I was blown away. I was like, yeah, this movie looks ridiculous back in the day. But then I understood what they're going for with the noir thing. And also, um, uh, Guy Pierce is fantastic. Guy Pierce is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Spacey is great. Like the whole cut, that cast, is, yeah. that cast is amazing. And it's just like, just like 20 people in that cat. Like it's great. Yeah, like, it's so good. In that ending shootout, like as much as it's a great, like detective cop movie, it has a great action shootout at the end too. It does. <laughs> it's really yeah. cool. But I mean, everything about it is great. There's a lot of cultural references to it. Rolo Tomasi, whatever else, and it's just, it's a really good movie. I really highly, highly recommend it to everybody. All the supporting characters are good, including the interrogation witnesses. Who told you that? <laughs> yeah, I like Confidential. I love that movie. You? Um, I would probably say Confidential. I love Master and Commander. I think that's a fantastic film. I love 310 to Yuma also. 310 to Yuma is a good case for best remakes ever. I love 310 to Yuma, like, a lot. Him and Christian Bale, I think, are just dynamite in that movie. Yeah. Um, and Ben uh, Foster overacting again, in ben, your opinion? Well, he's always overacting, but it, he does it in a good way. <laughs> he's like your he's your favorite overactor. He's my favorite overactor. He does, <laughs> he's he's a great overactor, especially in that in that movie. Especially, he's really good. like there's such a he's uh, got red pants in that movie. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. Now. And I got the Criterion of the original 310 to you, I've been wanting to watch him back to back for some time too. Um, and honestly, like I'm not a huge fan of Gladiator. Like Gladiator, like Gladiator is not a favorite movie of mine. I think it's just a good movie that happens to like be. It happens to have prestige behind it because I don't know why, but whatever. Ridley Scott, probably. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven's better. Um, but I do think he's very good in the movie. Like, I think he's really solid in it. And, like, in fact, when he his cry face when his family's, like, found dead, like... That was, that was yeah. I mean, he, goes, got... he, goes, he goes full snot on that one. <laughs> he's and, he, uh, he's that, got the slobber going on. That used to be my basis for, like, fa- like, like movie cry faces, for, like, how I gauge actors, like, how good their cry face is compared to Russell Crowe and Gladiator. It's, I it's, tend to do that too. It's since changed because I saw Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler, which is not a good movie. But ah. at the same time, there's a point where his family dies. That's not a spoiler. That's the premise of the movie. His family died. Um, where he has a cry face, like after, like, and he like meets up with Jamie Foxx's character, and he's just kind of sitting in a room, and he looks like his world's just been shattered. 
and it's like now my new favorite cry phase. <laughs> like how to joke oh, music. Has. Wow. I've got, to, I've got to YouTube that. It's better than John C. Riley's cry face in uh, Step Brothers. Step Brothers. It's it's a good one. It's a pretty good yeah. one. But I mean, Crow in general. I like Crow. I think he. I I think he's a very good I like actor. I too. I yeah. it's it's rare that I dislike Crow in movies. Well, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Les Mis, and that's just personal stuff for me. I um, mean, I agree though. I mean, I I think this. That's why I think um, Noah's the best he's been in some time, just because I haven't seen him be great since. I'm looking at his filmography right now. And it's yeah, been I mean, Larry mentioned Broken City with Mark Wahlberg, and it's like, yeah. And then like, he was in he was in the one with Colin Farrell just a couple of weeks ago, yeah, uh, where he's tail. the Irish guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. crushing yeah. dreams and stomping out like it's just whatever. Uh, my but, no, it seems like 2007 when he was in 310 to Yuma and Gang- American Gangster. Those were like the last times I like really liked Russell Crowe in a movie. Like, like really liked him because of his performance. Like Robin Hood's not a great movie. State of Play is like meh. Body of Lies is alright, but it's not like a great performance from him. The that's next the phase is terrible. Uh, what? Is that the one with Leo? Or... With Body of Lies, yeah, that's the, that's the other. That's the that's the one the with him and Leonardo DiCaprio I, that it, should it, be directed by Tony Scott. For some reason, Drew Lee Scott directed it, and it's like, mm-hmm. what happened? Um, so yeah, but uh, there's, that, there's that run, though, from like LA Confidential and then The Insider. The Insider's another great movie. Gladiator. Beautiful Mind, Master Commander, Cinderella Man, Three Ten. Like, there's just like all these great movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, did he win Oscars for Gladiator? For, Gla- he... for Gladiator. And but not for Beautiful the, Mind. No, he Den- was nominated. Yeah, Denzel won that year for Beautiful okay. Mind. Yeah. yeah, he was nominated. He's been nominated several times. But... Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, there was a slump in, in his career a little bit. I, I, mean, it, I hardly call it a slump. Yeah, I hardly call it a slump. Just like, yeah, this is one didn't work just out. Just in terms of films that I was like, yeah, I'm not really going to go see that this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Russell Crowe is a very good actor. Um, I think that he's really shaped up in terms of just some of the dramatic sequences that he's taken. But, for the most part, I always enjoyed his work. It's time to see him in a comedy. That's what I'm saying. It's, well, it's, 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 it's Liam Neeson-style comedy where it's like, you know, yeah. I love making lists. That's why Steven Spielberg... <laughs> Mid cast yeah, me as time, time, time. It's his time. Put him with uh, Ben Stiller in a <laughs> movie. <laughs> that at the museum four. At the museum four. Yeah. His three's already taken. Like they already got the guy for that. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's do a little box. I like this kind of out of order show work we're doing now. <laughs> let's do a little box office talk here. Each week we go over the box office total and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Abe, do you remember what you predicted last week? It was very specific. Yeah. Yeah, I said first place, like 36 point, 39.6 or something. 39.6 is right. Yeah, you, that's what you said. Courtney went with 27.6 and $1. And Yes, right. I said 31.2. Um, the results are in, and they are high, which makes wow. Abe the winner. It is $44 million this weekend for Noah, which What's is a, it's a nice, tidy bad. sum. It's not too bad. It's already made uh, about almost $100 million worldwide. Wow. Um, so, like, good for Noah. I Good for Aronofsky, like, regardless of... Agreed. Of various controversies, which I think well, are pretty weak. So, the film, the movie, I mean, it's still got, it's barely, it's, it's got a solid, like, 76% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's, you know, number one this weekend. I mean, it's. What was the budget on this one? Uh, something like 125. So, like, ad marketing, okay. it's another 175. But this is the kind of movie that I imagine will play worldwide and, you know, make, well, yeah, make, make, back some make a pretty penny. Funds, right. so, for Hopefully. That. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a failure, but I could see, you know, where that's coming from. But I could, I'd rather see an ambitious failure than, you know, something that's, you know, just run of the mill. So. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with that too. It's just one of the situations where if you're, if you're going out on the length there and trying to make some art, absolutely, you know, I applaud you. But if you're just gonna throw some crap together, it's like, like Need for Speed. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, what else happened? Divergent, which I have not thought about since we last talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot this movie. I was like, what's number two? Oh yeah, Divergent came out. I forgot. Um, 20, Still making money. Twenty-six mil, not a not a par- not a terrible drop actually. Um, most Muppets was wanted also hanging on there, third place with eleven million. Sabotage opened in seventh place with five million. Oof. Arnold is not making his waves, um, but Grand Budapest Hotel in sixth place ahead of it, uh, still adding more theaters and making that, more money. Exactly. The it movie is, is coming on strong. It is currently the third biggest grocer of Wes Anderson's career and will likely get to at least second. So Royal Town of Elms is always the high mark, but we'll see. Given the kind of very strong word of mouth and the continual expansion of theaters, it has. Again, I saw it the second time, and very it's, sad, much sadder the second time. Because you take you that you're you're set with taking in that world, and you're more set with thinking, oh yeah, there are things happening with these well, characters. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> in, in terms of uh, trying to capture the direction of the film and the the quirks that Wes Anderson usually does in terms of centering things and having everything uh, make sense in the background. You know, there's there's always something happening. Um, I was able to focus a little bit more on the storyline and. What happens in cable cars and train cars? And I was like, oh. Well, that- it, it really is his darkest film, I would say, in terms of people that are dying and how they die and even, like, implications based on the political turmoil of this fictional country that they're True, all in. yeah. Like, there's all these things going. Like, it's a – as much as Noah's done a good job of making this kind of bleak, apocalyptic world, the Grand Budapest Hotel establishes this really kind of bleak world about people's loss and, and kind of – where are they at? Who they get to kind of interact with? As it's also like a, it's done in such a way that it's darkly comedic to some degree. I'm yeah. talking about like the escape scene as well as um, well, even what happens in, toward the end of the film. But you don't. I, I guess that's why it's like, oh, that's kind of funny. But then when you think about what happens here in terms of the actual consequences, it's kind of a dire situation. And it's very, it's very depressing. It aids the power of the storytelling mechanic. Agreed. Where you have like, astronomically. F, yeah, because you have F. Murray Abraham. And Jude Law and Tom Wilkinson all narrating this film. Yeah, that's but exactly it, what I was gonna say. It but, really aids power narration because it's a story within a story within a story. But you have them kind of, as opposed to just being told what happened in other means, you're being given this kind of you're giving these very basically lengthy monologues by certain characters that really involve you because of the emotion they're putting behind it versus what you've seen on screen. Like it's just a really, I I I've liked uh, I like it more and more every time I think about the Grand Budapest Hotel, and I'm really happy about that like and i like as i've stated previously I, i'm a big fan of wes anderson movies but it's one that's been really growing on me the more i think about it just because of a lot of what's going on within it aside from just how great it looks and how great the cast is what else caesar chavez i, I didn't really, watch that i didn't either but i really wish and it's not even it's it's getting decent reviews but i really wish it was getting like stronger like buzz just because like yeah michael pena is starring in a lead movie about also, Caesar Chavez. Uh, like, luna directorial role yeah like all these things like they add up like to me to be like yes this is such a good thing to like happen <laughs> like but it's just that john malkovich john malkovich it's not taking off like and we're recording on sunday it's tomorrow Caesar chavez day so like i can only hope that like everyone's like yeah let's go see the movie but everyone uh, went to go see god's not dead yeah apparently because that's still in fifth place of nine million ahead of sabotage <laughs> the, the, the go-to basis for what movies open and under this week is sabotage <laughs> sabotage is so terrible Abe. it's ridiculous. I, I definitely like i'm not going to visit it because you've told me how terrible it is if it was fun terrible i might try and it's not fun it. terrible it's right not, like it's no why it's not fun terrible because scooter hated it and he likes everything like it's, it's, that is very strange because really Scooter sad. does like a lot of things. 
And I, I trust his opinion wholly. So you should. Yeah. At least know where he, to go. He, does, based, he doesn't lie. He at least, doesn't tell at least know where to go based on it. Yeah. Like, there's a, the idea of sabotage. So let me get back to sabotage. Well, we I mean, high. the other thing is, like, what's her face? Olivia. Olivia Williams? Uh, yeah, she's got this thick accent from the trailer. I'm like, oh, the, 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 why, is the, why is the cartel trying to kill your guy? The characters like, in this movie. So you have, you have Olivia Williams with, like, short, like, shortcut hair and her American accent. You have Arnold. Hot, you, have, you have Arnold with her, like, his part in his hair mixed with, like, everything around, like, super, the face. It's, it's like, shaved up. Dyed. It's like, and it's all shaved up. Joe Manganiello has cornrows. Josh Holloway from Lost has this big mustache. Uh, Marielle Enos from The Killing, she has, she's like all, she's like playing like strung out, like on drugs woman who happens to also be a DEA agent. That's kind uh, of a hit. A Sam hit Worthington's here. like near unrecognizable, bald with a bearded goatee. Um, Terrence Howard's rocking his look from Hustle and Flow. Like it's this, it's this movie. He's about, a pimp again? It's this movie where like everyone's like just like came to dress up. And then they're all like the the so kick is the kicker is they're all horrible people. Like I don't like any of these people just because of how they interact with each other, how about, they like, talk to each other, things rim. they do. They're all just they're all just nasty, mean, ugly people. And so like I was supposed to apparently care when one of them gets killed off one by one. Is it just... is it the father from Pacific Rim that gets killed off? Yeah, first? yeah, yes, it is. Because you didn't mention him at all during that during that whole entire. Because I can't think of Max sequence. Martini's name offhand, like I can think of Josh Holloway. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> my son, there you got with you. Um, and they're all like really nasty, brutal deaths, which is like it's this oh. weird combination. Well, I mean that that's a that's like a calling card of what's his face. It's right here inside the skull. Um, <laughs> the. All the deaths, and, like, it's this weird mix of, like, here's, like, this crazy video game shoot-up because we get GoPro cameras on the tips of the guns and stuff to make it look extra cool. Then we get these really gory, like, scenes out of Seven where you get to see the results of people being executed. And and I mean, then it's... totally it, David Ayer, though, because, it, like, Terry Crews in... Uh, Street Kings? Yeah, that was a terrible... I was like, oh, man, his body's all bloated, full of bullet holes. And the, like, the best part of that movie is when Keanu Reeves comes in, he's like, you're gonna be all right, man. <laughs> it's like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> David Ayer's so hot and cold for me. Like, he makes some good movies and some bad movies, and this is just I mean, awful. I know that you've mentioned... Uh, what was the film that you mentioned? End with of Watch? Freddy, yeah, with Freddy, what's his face, and... and oh, that's Harsh Times with uh, Christian Harsh Bale Times. and Freddy Rodriguez. Freddy Rodriguez. That's, yeah. a, that's a solid. There's a solid Bale performance right there in that movie. I would agree with you. It's like it's a solid Bale performance, and, and even J.K. Simmons is good in that movie. Yeah, um, he's always good in movies. Like yeah, J.K. Freddie Freddie Rodriguez, he's okay, and the yeah. movie itself is just ridiculous. So, and then you get it is because games. because it comes out behind the Bale, who's really good in it. But yeah, Bale is really good. But in like it. everything else is like, all right, well, that's a lot of things that happen in one day. And you're right. Like Street Kings is. Terrible. I don't even like Street Kings at all. Because no, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's kind of like a ripoff of uh, of good of movies. Day. <laughs> yeah, then he did, then he does Training Day, which is good. And, Training Day is good. And like, yeah. I think both you and I, I like SWAT. Denzel actually. kind of sold Training Day for me. Well, yeah, that, I mean, it helps when you Denzel have and it. Ethan Hawke. It's a well-acted movie between the two of them. Just... I think that kind of makes up for some of the same plot points that you've seen in David Ayer films. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, so. you, you and I both like SWAT more than a lot of people. Me, you, and Ebert, I think, like SWAT. <laughs> and uh, what else? There's the, the first Fast and Furious movie, which is just Point Break, so it's not even, like, really writing. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just up and down. Yeah. yeah. He still gets money, though. Still get, I mean, well, because, like, End of Watch was so good, dude. That's what, like, kind of disappointed me also, because I was, like, so satisfied. Well, the thing is, I, that's kind of the thing that surprised me the most about End of Watch, is you think that David Ayer is going to have these corrupt, corrupt cop movies, and... All of a sudden, it's not. It's about two clean police cops who 
just have a friendship, and that kind of took me aback. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Jelly bean. Um, <laughs> That's how many are in the jar. Let's uh, let's do a little out now. Presents what's out now. These will be new movies coming out on DVD and Blu-ray this week. Um, not too many, but three of them. We have Anchorman. Was, yeah, we have Anchorman Two: The Legend Continues, uh, which Laramie was on for that episode to discuss with us. Funny, and we all liked it. We all had a lot of fun with Anchorman Two. Uh, but there's like three cuts of this movie. There's like the original cut, the unrated cut, and the the uh, supersized R-rated edition that was released in the theaters recently for a week. So you you have three versions of Anchorman to watch this week if you buy it on DVD and Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, Forty Seven Ronin, which I liked. I, mean, I think myself, Scott Mendelson, and uh, Gerard from Lights of Blue. I think we're the three people that liked Forty Seven Ronin. It's not like amazing, but like I didn't hate it by any means. And then there's the Knights of Badassdom, uh, which you no know, friend of the show Brandon Peters saw, and I believe he didn't like. Um, but I know it's, it was a film that was like held back from release for a long time because there's some issues over like directorial cut versus what the studio wanted and whatnot. This is the film that involves LARPing, um, versus like actual fantastical creatures coming in and ruining things for the LARPers. <laughs> yeah, but it, I, was, I think that I mentioned, uh, The Wild Hunt to Brandon that episode. Mm-hmm. It's still, yeah, you definitely check that film out. So yeah, that's what's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. Let's go over a little. Next week's show here, we have Captain America, the Winter Woo! Soldier, or as they pronounce it, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The... <laughs> What's this... amazing is that these summer films, blockbuster films, are starting. That means that better movies are on their way. Or at least more entertaining movies are on their way. True. That said again, I really like Noah. Um, it almost feels like a summer movie, <laughs> given what's going on <laughs> in there. The Abe... first half, definitely. Abe, um... So yeah, we have Captain America coming out this week. I think it's tracking fairly high. Let me see what the first. I think the first one did something like fifty or something. Um, in the uh... and it was one of the later Marvel films. Too. It was the last one before Avengers came out. But yeah, that opened to sixty-five. It opened to sixty-five million. Uh, Thor opened to sixty-five. Thor: The Dark World opened to eighty-five. Iron Man opened to ninety-eight. Iron Man Two opened to one set twenty-eight. And obviously Avengers opened to you know God knows how much money. So you know, and you're you're in that range basically to work with. Yeah, and the uh, the Russo brothers directing. Obvi- and obviously, you know, families everywhere are like, the Russo brothers directed this? Obviously, this is the reason we're going. So, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say first place with, man, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a little bit more solid. I'm going to say like 67 million. 67 million, all right. Um, I'm shooting high on this one. I think people are thinking this is like Avengers 2. Like, let's do this. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a solid like 87 million. Wow. Wow, that would be... I would love that more than anything. So you, you like, not. I don't care about losing the box office game. I Good, would love that. Because you're because going Captain to. America is, is great. It's America, yeah. Well, uh, you'll hear more about Captain America soon enough. In more ways than one. Uh, a little less about Chris Evans. A little less about Chris Evans, because he's retiring from acting. So. That's correct. Yeah. No one goes to see my good movies. Yeah. It's a good quote. It's a good article. I'll try to, I'll try, I'll, I'm going to put it in the show notes. There's an article about Chris Evans and him uh, leaving acting to pursue directing. Um, which is quite interesting as to kind of why and the reasons they go. There's a good, it was on, um, front of the show, Scott Mendelson. He did, it, yeah, he linked it. it. I think it was on, uh, not Collider, it was on, um, Cinema Blend, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I'll link that article in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at the CodaZeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at YSubBlue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also follow me on Twitter.com, slash Aaron's PS4, and also find my writings for the about The Walking Dead and the in the uh, the Americans, the, those TV shows, over at TheYoungFolks.com, along with friends of the show, Jose and Maxwell. They write for that site. Yeah. 
You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Veep Season 3. Nice. And, um, yes, you can... F- it's like normally I turn this over to a guest, but Daryl Hermie already left. Um, you can you can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Out There, and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher. Also at hhwled.com, you can find our show there, along with the other shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, which will be, of course, covering the season finale of The Walking Dead this week, and other shows about comics and fun stuff like that. Not series finale, but season, season finale. Okay. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. And, of course, email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. We'll let us know your thoughts on the film Noah. Also, interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. You can follow us there for all the various gifs that we post. Uh, feel free to use the voice fail line, 972-798-3830. Send us your voicemail and maybe... We'd uh, love to hear what you guys sound like. We would love to hear what you guys sound like. Yeah. And, and, of course, again iTunes reviews and ratings. I think it's a good goal. Seven reviews before seven episodes to the 150th episode. I think that's a, it's a fun one. So yeah, let's, yeah, let's, that'd be that'd be the next biblical tale. Let's the get, tale of Aaron. Yeah, exactly. Let's get those going. <laughs> Moses' brother Aaron. Let's get those going. Uh, remember when Moses' brother was trying to get iTunes reviews for his for for Moses? He was like, "Come Speaking on, guys, Moses, support support these commandments." <laughs> Speaking of Moses, I rewatched Attack the Block this week. Yeah, it was fun. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, the actor John Boyega from Attack of Buck. He's rumored to be in Star Wars. Uh, really? I'm I'd glad. love to see that. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Again, thanks to Laramie Legal for joining us to discuss thanks, Laramie. Noah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, until next time when the captain finds his place in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> so long. And goodbye. Nailed that one. face is red yours is with blood <laughs> uh, <laughs> and anthony hopkins says something cheeky about berries, Where are my berries? Where are my berries? that was your anthony hopkins that was, <laughs> that was awful <laughs> I, I can't do anthony hopkins can you see them clarice can you see <laughs> the berries <laughs> it's not good but it's not awful it's not bad yeah <laughs>